0: Hey friends, Ashton Gustafson here, and welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. We have the awesome opportunity for the second time uh, to have a friend of ours, Aaron Nequist. Um, We had him on a year, maybe two years ago. At that time, we were Let the Music Play podcast, and he and I were joking before the call. We have transcended and included, as we are now (laughs) Good, True, and Beautiful. Um, He's a guy I've looked up to for a long time. I really um, admire his story. Uh, And more than anything, I admire uh, his authenticity um, and his approach to life and faith, relationships, work, vocation, you name it. Um, He's really been a guy that um, has been a great beacon of light for me and um, super grateful to have him on today. He's got a new book that just came out called The Eternal Current, which we briefly talked about. He was writing it at the time when we last spoke, Uh, but he's been kind enough to join us today. And with that being said, Aaron, welcome back. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for those kind words.
0: It yeah, well, means a lot. You bet. Um, so I, I, some people may not have been here at the table the last time you and I had a chance to connect. Um, but I always kind of want to start with, you know, where do you begin uh, today when you introduce yourself and your work in the world?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> so way back at the beginning, uh, back in the mid-70s. Um, <laughs> no. No, I think, you know, especially when we're talking about whether it's the book or just this journey that I've been on, um, I usually start by saying I grew up in a Christian family, going to church, you know, 100 times a week, you know, (laughs) immersed in the whole thing. Uh, Great family, great church. Um, Went to Christian college, got a job at a Christian church as a worship leader, and my faith imploded. Hmm. And so there I was in, in my early 20s. Leading worship at this big church, leading songs I no longer believed, and so um, that just kind of propelled me through not choice but but through crisis, onto this onto this whole new journey, hmm. and it's been painful. It's been wonderful. It's been. Um, everywhere and be- every, everything in between, but it is, uh, really changed everything. Wow.
0: So to give us a little bit of uh, timeline here, approximately yeah. how long ago, cause I want people to know kind of how far you've been into this almost okay. journey of rediscovery, um, Yeah, and, or maybe just discovery. Um, but when, when did like, when did you just say time out"? I, I, yeah. I've, I've been in, I've been in the game, um, and this is not doing what it's supposed to do. I, I, I know a lot yeah. of rules. I know a lot of beliefs. I right. know a lot of things, but yep. I'm experiencing zero transformation. Oh, I had all the answers. <laughs> I knew all the, all the verses. I knew
1: all the, the answers to every question, but it, it, it didn't work anymore. It, it, didn't, it didn't actually matter in my life. Does that, does yeah. that, you yeah. relate with that? No,
0: that's it. Yep.
1: Yeah. That was, I, that was, I was about two or three years out of college. And I graduated from college about 200 years ago. Um, <laughs> but no, actually, exactly 20 years ago. Uh, in 98, I graduated. So this, this falling apart was probably 17 years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the crisis was probably a, a full year. Which I'm I'm sorry to say, you know, I wish it was like one day I didn't believe something, then the next morning I was like, oh, it's all fixed. Right. But that is not how these things work, unfortunately. And so it was a dark, very dark season. Um, but eventually it did break forth into something I never would have, I, I didn't see coming. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So I think um this is a great point for probably some of our listeners that uh, we we've all hit that point of. Um, commercial religion, if you will, oh uh, yeah um, yep. Yep. and uh, i I would love to hear the moment hits where you're going time out i i'm not yeah. I'm not seeing the fruits of the spirit in these people that proclaim, yeah, what this is. I'm not seeing it in myself, by the way right, right. Um, how who were those people? what were those moments? what were some of the maybe the voices that you discovered, some books where when this moment hits, because i think the biggest thing that you've done compared to a lot of people is you didn't just say i'm out. You yeah. you, you paused yeah. and you went deeper. You went yeah. you went into the mix and you found that which was always there.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's that is well said. Um yeah, and again, <clears throat> you make you know, you it, it could be easy, it could sound 17 years later like a very neat process, right? Linearized the to, dots. Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. it was crisis. It was, <laughs> um, Christianity was, I, I think I say in the book, it was the wallpaper on every room of my house. Like it was just yeah, what I had been immersed in for, for the first 17 years of life mm-hmm. or first 20, 21 or 22. Okay. So, um, what, I mean the turning point, if we're ready to talk about the turning point uh, in a conversation was one of my friends who wasn't trying to answer my questions because I didn't want those people around, you know, (laughs) but was walking with me in it. He shared a lot of these questions. And I remember one day he said, Hey, have you ever heard of the book, the divine conspiracy by Dallas Willard? Mm, And, and I said, no, you know, he gave it to me. I started reading it and I remember where I was sitting when I read about, for the first time, Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And, Ashton, I had been a Christian for 20-something years, and I'd never heard a message about the thing that Jesus did the most teaching about.
0: Wow.
1: How is that (laughs) (laughs) possible? How is that possible, you know?
0: Um,
1: But, you know, at first I was frustrated, but then it just— it kind of melted and I realized like this whole idea that I had grown up with where Christianity was about believing four or five facts, saying a prayer about it, and then waiting for heaven. Hmm. I suddenly realized the invitation of Christ is to join God in what God is doing to redeem and restore all things.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, And that begins today. That's right. That begins in our conversation right now. And then it continues in how I engage my wife as we talk about our plans tonight. And then again, like we get to participate. And I just remember I was sitting on the floor at this little place, looking out the window, reading this book. And I remember putting the book down. And I was not a crier, especially at that time. I mean, I, I cried like once a year max. But I remember getting tears in my eyes, thinking like, wait, if this is the invitation, I'm in.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. I am in. Yeah.
0: And you like the first part of the book over and over. I think one of the one of the words you just come back to all the time is invitation. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, versus it's, belief system. Yeah. Versus that's right. code of conduct. Versus yep. uh, there's the ins and the outs, the rights yeah. and the wrongs, the good and the that's bad. Right. Talk yeah. talk to me about this invitation because this to me is such a game changer uh yeah. maybe experience changers the better word uh to yeah. use for yeah. those of us that are like no this isn't th- th- this isn't a, a box you check this isn't a right. simple prayer that you p- pray this yeah. is an invitation that is here now is, among us at hand yes
1: well if I could if I could uh quote Dallas Willard again he said in I think in a different book he said Jesus's teachings are not arbitrary co- arbitrary commands that we are to follow, but they are simple observations about how reality actually works.
0: Yeah, Love it. Love it. I, I mean, it's just, that
1: is such <laughs> a game changer. So, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, don't slander your neighbor, yep. it's not, well, I better not slander my neighbor or God will punish me for being a sinner. Mm-hmm. It's like God pleading with us Mm -hmm. don't wreck your relationships. You know, let me teach you a better way. I actually, this is funny, but I got last week, I got into a conversation about this with my 11 year old and he was actually asking, dad, what's your book about? (laughs) I was trying to to figure out how do I talk about this? But I just, I, I brought this idea up and I just said, you know, buddy, like, remember when you were three and we made a hard and fast rule, you cannot cross the street do not run out in the street. Was that because we decided on some rule that we would punish you? No, we were trying to save your life, yeah. you know? And that's in my, that that is the invitation of Christ. Like, do you want to live a life that is truly life?
0: Yeah, I mean, talk about liberation, just understand oh, a, yes. a guy that yes. shows up and introduces himself as the way and the truth. and right. then And then someone goes, but he's just showing you how reality works. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. Uh, yep. I remember I read the same paragraph, and you're like, "Could this would have been really useful 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> Absolutely, I know.
0: It just flips everything
1: on its head. And okay. suddenly you don't, like, give in to God because otherwise, well, God's the strongest, yeah. so he's yeah. going to win in the end, so I might as well. No, no, no. You get to align with God. Yep. Um, it's the way we were made to be, you know. Co-creators. So, yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: <clears throat> One of the uh, ideas, and I was walking my wife through this, because we've, I, th- I think, in some circles, probably a circle that you're super involved in, the the whole third way conversation yeah. has become very yeah. popular in the last sure. 24 months. But yep. I, I loved you writing about the Costra flow Claustrophobic, excuse me, claustrophobic pain of not being able to identify a third way. Right. So where you you were like, well, wait a minute, it, it, it's either this or it's that. Um, hold my hand on understanding that because I think that that's a great. Yeah, that, that's it, if you don't have that verbiage or that vernacular, you may be missing right. a very significant part of what you were getting at in the book.
1: Ah, oh, such a good question. I I think what I felt when my faith started to crumble. I felt only two choices. One was, well, this doesn't work, but I better just double down mm. and pretend, mm. you know. I'll mm-hmm. just be a good Christian. I'll turn my heart off as wow. if a human could do that, right? <laughs> I'll just I'll just double down on what hasn't worked for a long time. Or the only other option is to jump ship from the entire invitation of Christ in every way, right? Yep. And I, you know, thank God I, I began to realize those are two terrible options Mm -hmm. and they are not the only ones. Um, and so there is a third way. There's probably a hundred third ways, um, between those two. And the one I talk a lot about in the book is something, um, I learned from Ken Wilber and Richard Rohr teaches a lot about, which I know he's been on your, your podcast. Um, this idea of include and transcend. Yep.
0: Yeah, I love that, and and I think that that's that. There are I love how you say there's multiple third ways. Yeah. yeah, Um That you you've got a little bit of ownership in this as you cultivate a relationship with the divine. Yeah. That they may listen to Aaron Nequist notes. They may take some notes from Richard Rohr. They may listen to this guy. Listen, but at the same time, you are cultivating a total unique individual relationship with the Creator that's right. of the universe. Yep. That's right. And um, I think that's uh, that. Sometimes that third way lingo can sound like there's really just one other option. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you do a great way of uh, explaining in the book all of these different practices, different traditions. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes you talked about the little pond. You know that you thought yeah. you were in one yeah. time. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. And I think that's maybe a, a theme of the whole book is that realizing that my tradition, the faith tradition I grew up in. Um, is actually really good in a lot of ways. I could I could yep. take an hour yep. and walk you through all the things that were really beautiful about my faith tradition. Now I could take take another hour <laughs> and tell you about the things that were downright unhelpful, if not toxic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it's
0: both. Yep. Yep.
1: And so I think the what's beautiful to realize is my faith tradition is good, but it's just one sliver of the whole. Yep. And so whenever I can think of my tradition as one little part, one slice of the, of the pie or whatever, then it can be, it can offer a contribution. But whenever I think of my tradition as the entire story, it is a bad story. Yep. And, um, so I, I, think some of the invitation that I'm trying to invite, you know, anyone reading the book, anyone listening is to try to get really, really honest about what's beautiful about your tradition and to not lose it. It's not, it's not everything. It was terrible. That's right. Um, but to bring some of that goodness into a new future, you can't stay there, but you, you dare not lose everything. I I think I say in the book, um, when you move from step three to step four, in a journey, you know, thinking really linearly. Mm -hmm. Um, When you move from step three to step four, the easiest thing to do is say, step three sucks. It's stupid. Everybody who thinks step three is like, but the reality is you can't get to step four without step three, thank (laughs) God for step three. Now you can't stay there.
0: That's
1: right. So you've got to move on, but bring the goodness of step three into a bigger and more spacious step four.
0: And this is a huge point that I would love for us to, to chat through is, yeah, as you are taking these steps, um, and I've kind of, uh, conversation where I've kind of landed with a lot of people is like, hey... I know you're taking the right steps when when we all have a sense of the fruits of the spirit in your life. Like that yeah, probably uh, tells yes, me you're yes. on the right path. Yes, yes. I don't want to argue doctrine, <laughs> theology. Yep, you know, but right. if you're listen, if there's more love and peace and patience right. and kindness, I'm pretty sure that's the right <laughs> path. Um, this, but here's the deal: as you look back, um, or as you interact with people that are maybe at step one or two or three, yeah. this should give you eyes of compassion and empathy. Oh, isn't that good? Because yep. you were, I've, I've, I was there too. Yeah. I've been there right. where everyone's either right, right or wrong, in or out, yep. good or bad. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and yes. I think you've even taken this another step further where you've opened dialogues with other religions, which yeah. I think is a beautiful thing for you to go, I was in Chicago and we didn't even know who some of these neighbors were. Yeah. And talk through yep. that a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I had, um, <laughs> I, I went on a, middle, a trip to the Middle East to the uh, to Israel and Palestine where we were uh, it was a dual narrative trip we were hearing from peacemakers on both sides who are all uh, pursuing peace and reconciliation and and I remember it was such a moving experience but I got home and I realized you know I just spent ten days in the Middle East mm-hmm. I don't know a single Muslim in my my hometown yep. you know it's yep. just me and my Christian you know yep. insular circle And, um, so it was, it was kind of crazy. I was a little nervous, just, I didn't know. I I called up the local mosque (laughs) and I just said, Hey, my name's Aaron. I'm an evangelical. Um, I work at a church and I have no Muslim friends. (laughs) Could I, could I come, uh, hang with somebody? And they were wonderful. And do we agree on everything? Of course not. Um, do we agree on some things? absolutely. And there was some deep resonance, especially when we talked about our families and our desires for the world. And, um, it was a really beautiful experience. So, yeah. So what I'm not advocating for is some sort of mushy relativism. Mm. Everything's the same and everybody is equally, you know, I am, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about holy humility. Mm. Right? Like listening to other sisters and brothers who have been made in God's image. Yeah. And through humility, through discernment, saying, God, what part of this is for me? And what part of this is not for me? And uh, that is way more an art than a science, but um, it's a beautiful uh, journey.
0: That's a good word. Um, you write about we become what we love. Yes. Talk talk that over with me.
1: Well, that's a that's a Jamie Smith, James K A Smith. Um, he wrote uh, the Desiring the Kingdom, and I bet I read that ten years ago, and I still think about it weekly. Hmm. Um, and his whole idea, he was talking from an academic standpoint, is you know universities believed for many years that if we can fill students' brains with enough right information, it will change their lives. Yeah. And now we are learning it doesn't. (laughs) Um, We are not changed by new thinking. We are changed when our hearts are redirected to a different love. And so he asks, how do we redirect our hearts to a different love, different desire? And he'd say those formative practices that we do over and over and over.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think Rohr says something like, we don't think our ways into new ways of living. We will live our ways into new ways of thinking. Something that, like that. is
1: absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so then let's talk about a little bit of the rediscovery because I, yeah. I, I think one of the things that you and I um, have probably found out is that we just weren't doing our homework. And for hundreds, if not thousands, of years, <laughs> totally. there yes. were uh, a lot of people that didn't have the internet, um, right. but definitely had a sense of, uh, yeah, there's, there's something at hand here among us, and we can tap into this. Um, and so as you started to discover some of the liturgical practices, some of yeah. these prayer practices, prayer of examine, Lectio Divina, yeah. um, what, what of those were like kind of these new discoveries that you were like, what on earth? And then, yeah. and then, what of those is, isn't really new anymore, but has truly become something consistent in your life? Sure, great
1: question. Well, uh, funny story about this. Um, when I was a worship leader at Mars Hill in Grand Rapids, is when we were just first beginning to try to move beyond the, you know, four pop songs in a hymn. That's what we did every Sunday, four pop songs in a hymn. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But we were just realizing it wasn't wide enough. It wasn't deep Mm -hmm. enough. So we were trying to add these different things. And we didn't know what we were doing, just experimenting. And one Sunday after church, it had gone well. And I kind of naively said to my partner, Troy, like, hey, like, isn't it amazing? We're like inventing this new way of worshiping. (laughs) And he just smiled. He's a couple years older. And he just smiled. And he goes... Hey, um, I think this is just called the liturgy, (laughs) and I think people have been doing it for generations. And he was so right. I mean, there's nothing. We're inventing nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, This is all has been with us, but we've lost it. And um, in particular, some of our traditions, I can't speak for yours necessarily, but a lot of uh, the, the leaders of my tradition, they specifically said, we're done with all that old-time religion stuff. We're just going to reimagine it for today. Mm. And there was a really good energy in that, um, but they lost so much. And so here we are, you know, 30, 40 years later, um, rootless. Mm. You know, we're all fired up. Yeah. We're, our, our hearts are excited, but we have no... Our roots are gone. Uh, and so, some of this journey for me has just been kind of accidentally realizing, like, well, what have Christians been doing when they gather for, for not just five years, yeah. <laughs> but for 500 years? And so, we started noticing there's these different corporate practices. Like, they would always do a confession of sin, corporate confession, and then they'd always receive an assurance of God's grace and forgiveness. That's good. Well, we never did either of those, but we said, <laughs> obviously there's some collective wisdom. And so at the practice, our our, our community that we we're a part of the last five years, we started saying, all right, every Sunday, we're gonna do a confession and an assurance. And it was totally transformative. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was this novel idea. And I think for <laughs> for most other Christians, they're like, welcome it's beautiful <laughs>
0: yeah welcome. The water's us. warm we've been here yeah a while. that's right that's right
1: and so it started kind of communally in church services because you know my job was worship leader but like you asked it it started to expand to these personal practices too so you know you mentioned you know Lectio Divina a way to engage the scriptures that's not just analytical yeah but approaches the scriptures and says, "God, what do you want to say to me through mm-hmm. this text?"
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that that posture is fundamentally different than "What can I figure out from this text?" You know, mm-hmm. both both have their place. Study is really important, but so just all these different practices. I would say, probably personally, the number one practice that has found a deep, deep place is the examine. Mm-hmm. And that's something five years ago was totally, I'd never even heard about it. And it's, I, I bet I pray some form of it um, almost every day at this point. If I don't tell my spiritual director, probably not every day, <laughs> but almost every day, it's just got in my bones yeah. and it's been so helpful.
0: Now, didn't you do kind of a project um, that was like, a musical kind of thing that you had online that was prayer yeah. exam yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Tell me, yeah. tell us about that.
1: My spiritual director, he's a Jesuit priest and he had been teaching me the, the exam, and it was just so uh, in 30 seconds for those who don't know what the exam is. It's a simple way to take 15 minutes every day to look back and notice God's fingerprints in that day. Yeah. So it's a very simple way to look back prayerfully and just notice what God was doing. So he had been teaching me that and it was so helpful. So I invited him to the practice, which I was nervous. Like, you know, what happens? You know, it's like a a joke. A Jesuit priest walks into an evangelical (laughs) service. And, uh, but it was just this beautiful experience. And so we took the recording of him guiding us through the exam and and brought into the studio and added some music and a couple songs. And the whole idea is here's a, a resource that you can use, you know, wherever you are, where you're driving in your car, when you're going on a run, whatever it is. And, uh, it's been pretty helpful.
0: If so. people want to access that, is there somewhere they can go online and find it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, we have six different liturgies. That's one of them. That's the the most recent one. Um, but it's just at a new liturgy.com, a Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so really, I, I think if, if I was going to, Kind of say what what I gathered most from your experience and then your reflections in this book is that your discovery of these beautiful practices really gave you new eyes. It, it's like you it real it it woke you up to the reality. Um, yeah. of the presence of God at our hands, not a future place we go. Yeah, um, but that is here at hand and among us. I I really wanted to ask you today. Um, what what are the ways or the practices that you are cultivating those eyes? Um, because I think that the, the the moment we have kingdom eyes, um, yeah, it, is the moment where literally it, it, it's not just one bush that's on fire; the whole every yeah. every bush is on fire. That's right. That's um, right. And that's so right. I, I think that it's um, this is so essential to not separate this thing out where the divine could be located there, but not here, that every moment is oozing right, um, right. with holiness. How are you right. um, today, two young boys, a wife, career, yeah. speaking, travel, how yeah. are you cultivating those practices? Oh,
1: that's such a good question. Um, I would say there's two main ways just real right now. Um, one is more kind of a traditional practice. And one is just something that I really need. Um, the traditional practice is I have to find, uh, not find, you can never find, I have to create moments of silence yep. Yep. and they don't have to be like an hour long. I mean, I would die if I said for an hour <laughs> silently. Um, but I, you know, we are so addicted to words mm. And even in my prayers, I notice that, um, you know, I I do a lot of journaling, too, and that's really helpful. But at a certain point, my journal remains in my control. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so there is something about even, you know, when I'm in a good rhythm of centering prayer, it's 20 minutes um, just between you and me. I'm not in that good rhythm right now. Um, So I'm trying to find five and 10 minutes where I, you know, lock the door so no one's going to barge in or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I open my hands and I listen to my breathing and I just try to be in God's presence. Yeah. And as you know, it, it, um, it transforms everything.
0: The the radio metaphor that you had was brilliant. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Share that.
1: Well, very simply right now there are in, um, I mean hundreds, mm-hmm. if not at least dozens of, Of specific radio frequencies bouncing through my body and my ears and same with yours but we cannot hear them because we don't have the ears to hear you know and so what's so beautiful about the radio analogy is the radio isn't creating anything it's just tuning itself to receive what's been there all along that's good and, and so, so there's something beautiful there. The other, the other practice that's really helping me right now, and I, I don't necessarily like it, but it's, <laughs> that may, it's...
0: That may be an indication that we I should know, spend some time
1: there. I know. But it's engaging in myself with the people who drive me crazy. Yep.
0: Yep.
1: So mm-hmm. some of them, I don't want to take this podcast into directions we shouldn't go, but <laughs> some of them have to do with things that are going on in our country right now. Um, some, some have to do one particular has to do with just a very personal, um, inter interpersonal thing. But if I'm not careful, I can let my frustrations over other people's actions take up too much space in my brain, in my heart and my soul. And there is something so, I mean, Jesus was not unclear about how we are to treat our enemies, yep. right?
0: Yep.
1: Um, and and it's brilliant. It, it says, "Don't go confront them. Begin by praying for them,
0: yeah.
1: and not praying that God would change them or or you know punish them. Pray that God would bless
0: them." Wow. And I hate that, and I don't <laughs> ever want to do it. Um, you mentioned that tell- story in the book that you were, you began centering prayer oh my gosh, 15, yeah. 20 times in. You're like, this does not work. My mind is on fire. Yeah, that's right. And then out of nowhere, you're like, and then I'm like praying on behalf of someone yes. that wronged my wife. Yes. But yes. like in this place of compassion and empathy. And I feel like I've said this sentence in my like last few interviews, but yeah. um, I interviewed Mark Nepo not long ago. And okay. he had this quote where he just goes, Look, there comes a time when you realize the further that I can go into you, I can find myself, and the further I can go into myself, uh, I can find uh, you. Wow, wow! And I think that's exactly said. what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's beautifully said. Well, I mean, I've always struggled. You know, the verse after um, the Lord's Prayer is Jesus saying, "If you don't forgive your brothers, then neither will God forgive you."
0: Yeah, it's like the the one place. Where he's like, hey, you shut <laughs> that door, and there's another right. door that's going to shut. Right. Yeah. We are yeah. connected yeah.
1: Um, in ways we don't even understand. Yeah. And so, yeah. Wow.
0: Well, I can't say enough. I mean, again, the the authenticity and, and just the beautiful reflection that you had to um, not choose one of these two either ors, mm. right, but to... Yeah pursue yeah. a way to find the third way. I, I, I really believe this is a book that will be redeeming in so many people's lives mm-hmm. um, and will uh, ignite their hearts and give them eyes to see the beauty that is, is the kingdom wow. that's at hand and among us. Yeah. Um, who, who would you invite to read this book? I, I feel like you always—I haven't written a book, but if I, if I did, I would always picture yeah. the people that are reading yeah. it.
1: I, you know, I, I think very simply, it's it's people who have not given up on the way of Christ, but just can't find their way in um, Christianity as it has been experienced. Right you know, yep. people who know who know there's more, yep. who just who who know there has to be more,
0: yep.
1: um, and are 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 seeking after it. And I think what's beautiful is there is so much more. For all of us. Um, and I hope this book is just like a... Uh, I've been joking. It's like, I hope it's a gateway drug. <laughs> like, it's just an invitation to a lot of things that then you can discover and yeah. go really deep in the ones that resonate. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something to be said about when you start uncovering some of the mystics and some of these people yeah. that have been having this conversation for 2,000 years. Yeah, Um yeah. They they just start braiding themselves together. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my gosh, St. Ignatius there, Father yeah. Richard here, Thomas Merton there. Yep. Um, it's such a rush. I think I yeah. get a new book every day in from Amazon on something. <laughs> um, yep. So, yep. uh, well, what's keeping you curious now? Because you're, you're, you're no longer kind of doing the worship thing. What, what, how, how are you taking this work out into the world? Yeah.
1: Well, um, this fall especially, doing a ton of travel, and um, I'm really excited about it. Um, some of the—I get to do some teaching and sharing, and that's a little bit on the newer side for me. Yeah. But the, 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 the stuff that brings so much joy is when I get to create experiences— for us to, to not just hear about it, but to taste and see, you know, these different practices. And um, I just, I find so much joy in that. So I'm enjoying meeting new people and um, jumping into the waters with them.
0: Awesome. Well, um, for those that maybe want to uh, follow you and your work, where's the best place you would send them to uh, kind of find out everything you're doing and get a copy of this book?
1: Well, the, my website is just my name, AaronNequist.com, two N's, A-A-R-O-N-N-I-E-Q-U-I-S-T.com. And that has a new liturgy there, that has book stuff, that has some of the travels and all that, and obviously um, on Twitter and Facebook and all that business.
0: But. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, hey, man, on behalf of uh, all of us, we are super grateful for your good and necessary work, and um, keep doing what you're doing. We, we need... We need as many people out there helping us clear these eyes up, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Cheers, man. We'll talk soon. Hey, before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe right there on your phone. That's probably where you're listening. Uh, And if you enjoyed this, would you mind leaving us a review? One of the things that we're wanting to do is get this information out to as many people as we can, and we are finding that uh, when people leave good, true, and beautiful reviews, uh, that helps us get this information out more and more to people all across the world. I do not take it lightly uh, that you invite me to ride shotgun with you in your car, Uh, You allow these conversations to be a part of your jogs. You allow these conversations to be a part of the communities and families and businesses that you've been entrusted. Uh, I do not take that lightly at all, and I am thrilled uh, that you have joined us here at this table, at this conversation. There's always a seat left. There's always room for more, Uh, and we are just so grateful for you guys joining us here at Good, True, and Beautiful. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid. Listen to the bluebirds sing and be love.